0: I am Chris Rex, and for the last 10 years, I have been traveling up and down the roads as an independent professional wrestler. I have had the opportunity to train, work with, and share locker rooms with some of the best who ever stepped foot inside of the squared circle my co-host is alex alcazaz aka the bear of texas born outside of Lyon, france he moved to texas at the age of four and his love of sports has led him to become a sports journalist with eight years under his belt together we mix my knowledge and experience as a professional wrestler with his research and raw journalism to bring you an educated and unique view of professional wrestling this is wrestling with a bear Ladies and gentlemen, the Bear of Texas and I, Chris Rex, are back in your ears once again with Wrestling with a Bear. We got a lot of shit to talk about today. We're going to start off by talking about uh, what's been happening with AEW lately, starting with AEW
1: All Out. First of all, it's good to be back, Chris. It's good to be hearing from you, brother. And I got to tell you, I'm still full of adrenaline from AEW All Out. No joke.
0: It was it was a great event. It was a great pay-per-view. Uh, all the surprises at All Out. And, of course, the first point we're going to bring up is the biggest, probably the biggest surprise of the night. Daniel Bryan. Ah, I called him Daniel Bryan, didn't I?
1: Well, we, if the whole world knows you, meant Bryan Danielson, and you know what? You're just like me. The adrenaline is still kicking to you, brother.
0: 100% it is. Daniel Bryan debuts at the end of the show. Uh, we had CM Punk in his first match uh, in AEW against Darby Allin, which was a great match. I did find it a little bit odd he came out in tights and not trunks. I, w- I was expecting the trunks, but it was a different look. I did notice he went back to the trunks. But uh, it was great to see CM Punk in the ring again after seven years uh, I was a pro wrestling fan that night. I will always be a pro wrestling fan. That's what I started wrestling because I was a pro wrestling fan. That's why I do this podcast with you. And it felt good to kind of enjoy a feeling I haven't felt in, in a while. At least since we went to WrestleMania Live.
1: You know, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but when CM Punk walked out back in 2014, he vowed to never ever... Wrestle again, didn't he?
0: He did. He did, and I'm sure people have made him offers. And he went to UFC. He had his brief stint in UFC. Started doing movies and TV shows and appearances here and there at Comic Cons, and uh, now he's he's back. And I, he found that love of wrestling again, which is something I can I can connect with because we've had we had this discussion. On the reason I went down to Florida, Tampa, Florida, for WrestleMania weekend, and it was to find my love for wrestling because I wasn't sure if I was going to come back into the ring after the the pandemic. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was planning on doing like one little you know tour and and just calling it quits, going out on my own terms, and you know I found my love. So Sam Punk, somewhere in the last seven years. Uh, found his love for wrestling. And maybe it was AEW that made him find his love for wrestling. But whatever that uh, that reason was, I'm glad CM Punk's back as a pro wrestling fan and as a wrestler because, you know, that opens up the door for opportunity uh, in the
1: future. I mean, that promo he cut on his first appearance in AEW. I mean, he said when he left Ring of Honor, I didn't leave Ring of Honor. I left pro wrestling. I mean... My prediction was correct. He was going to figuratively attack WWE, and he did.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not usually a fan of it, but for what he went through in WWE, I can see him still, you know, kind of being like, fuck you. You know, even though the past is the past, I've moved on. Fuck you because you made me lose my love for the one thing I loved. You know, I, I can feel that 100%. Let's talk about... Ruby Soho. Oh, yes. Formerly known as Ruby Riot in WWE <laughs> made her return to a different ring AEW in the casino battle world at all out. Uh, I called it. I called it on Twitter. You did. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to take full credit for that one. I called it. I had this feeling that's where she was going to go. Um, and she seemed again, like CM Punk, I find that love for us. She seemed happy to be there, you know. It was great to see GCW Diamond Division Talent Sky Blue. Uh, she's been on a roll. I've been hearing a, her name a lot. I've been seeing her on a lot of shows. Uh, I follow her on Twitter and a lot of wrestling promotions I follow on Twitter. I see they're booking her. So she's really making a name for herself. So it was great to see her in AEW. That's what AEW is doing. It seems they're giving the, these talent that are undiscovered and giving them a platform to put their name out there and even if it's one or two or three matches for AEW they're not signed to a contract it still gives them that platform to to make more money in this business fuck it I'm gonna say it to make more motherfucking
1: money and speaking of Sky Blue I'd like to wish her a happy birthday as today is her birthday
0: as of the recording of this podcast it is her birthday shout out to Sky Blue now we could say all out was full of surprises because I debuted in all elite wrestling after, according to the Young Bucks, being dead. <laughs> he has been brought back to life in AEW after leaving NXT. So that was a shocker. Uh, I didn't expect it. I should have fucking called it. I, I didn't expect it though. Um, I knew. I, I had a feeling. He would be in AEW at some point, but I didn't think it would be that quick, you know?
1: Yeah, totally not. But all out, I would say that's called Christmas Day of professional wrestling.
0: (laughs) It did feel like Christmas. It did feel like Christmas. In other AEW news, and this is big news, AEW All Elite Wrestling is partnering up with the Owen Hart Foundation for an exclusive deal that includes being able to use his name and likeness for merchandise, toys, t-shirts, and he will be included in the AEW video game that should be releasing within, uh, I would hope, the next year.
1: Oh, it's definitely got to be the the next year or so, but man, I'm telling you, what an absolute achievement for AEW. Uh, I'm so happy.
0: I'm going to say I'm going to say it, and you know I normally don't say things like this. Uh, to, They got one over on WWE there, man. Vince. Oh, big they, time. They did, they did what Vince couldn't do.
1: I mean, in, in two things, they got CM Punk to love pro wrestling again. They got Martha Hart's trust. I mean, that's incredible.
0: And, you know, it's amazing. Uh, they've already released the prototypes for the Owen Hart action figures. There's multiple. It seems like they're going to do a figure from each point in his career. Which will be great, um, and hats off to uh, AEW for making Martha Hart feel comfortable enough to to do this um, after the tragedy that happened to her husband in nineteen ninety
1: nine. That episode of, of Dark Side of the uh, Podcast. I mean, I was crying during that episode. If you recall, I was pissed.
0: Yeah, um, we were both we were both uh, a bit in, in tears. I remember that. But again, this is is great. This is great for the pro wrestling community. Finally, we can have legitimate, um, official Owen Hart merchandise. Uh, We'll be able to see him in video games. We'll be able to see him in action figures. I mean, the the list goes on. And of course, as part of the Owen Hart Foundation, obviously, some of the money will be donated to the Owen Hart Foundation, which does help kids in need because that's what Owen Hart was about. If you remember watching the Dark Side of the Ring episode, he was all about children. He loved children and helping children out. And it's a great thing, man. It's, it's great when pro wrestling comes together for a great cause.
1: Oh, totally. And, and that being said, I'm motivated. I will buy the action figures. If that if that's what it takes to help out, I will do it. And I'm proud to do it.
0: Now, Bear Man, we're going to talk about... um. A little bit more of a, of a joking subject here. <laughs> what is now dubbed as the Minoru Suzuki incident in AEW, when uh, he was making his day, de- his in-match debut in AEW, they cut his music at the best part, the part that the fans sing, and that's what AEW has been known for lately: is the fan participation in the entrance music, and they cut it at the at, at the part where the fans actually come in. And chime in, and they get loud. Um, and what I I felt that was kind of disrespectful. It's like everybody knows that's you don't cut the music there. But I like how it's become like folklore now in in AEW. It's been part of their canon, so so to say. Um, it, it's part of AEW, and I notice AEW does that little when they fuck up. They don't try to, you know. They, it becomes part of the stories, or it becomes. Part of, you know, they they don't shy away from it. Like with the uh, exploding barbed wire match, you know, they were like, oh, what'd you expect? Look at what Kenny's design he drew on a paper. What'd you expect was going to happen? You know, they made a joke out of it and they actually, you know, um, embraced it. Turning, a, like Paul Heyman would say, turning a negative into a positive.
1: It's just so interesting. You know, correct me if i remember but Suzuki, that's John Moxley's New Japan Pro Wrestling rival, right?
0: A hundred percent. And it looks like we'll be seeing... Uh, that rivalry renewed in all elite wrestling. And speaking of John Moxley, he's been uh wrestling for Game Changer Wrestling, not to be confused with Generation Championship Wrestling, which we'll be speaking about later. Game Changer Wrestling has used Moxley for quite a while now and recently became their world champion after defeating Matt Cardona at their latest uh pay-per-view on Fight TV.
1: You know, and the way he wanted to, you know, keep in mind, Cardona had just successfully retained the title and then they had this little angle with these imposters attacking. Cardona clears him out, but there's one more. He goes in the ring. He performs the paradigm shift. He reveals it's John Moxley, does it one more time. One, two, three, new champion, and then what happens, Chris? Who comes out?
0: Nick Gage comes out. And you would think Nick Gage goes to challenge John Moxley. But being the badass that John Moxley is, he says, fuck that. No, I'm gonna bring the challenge to you. I'm challenging you. I'm putting my belt on the line against you. I want you. So before Nick Gage, you know, can really even be like, yo, I want the belt, John Moxley just beats him to it. Like that's badass, that's like some movie badass shit, man.
1: Well, keep in mind, Nick Gage and John Moxley know each other pretty freaking well.
0: Yes, they do. Back even dating back to their CZW days coming up together. They are quite uh, comfortable beating the shit out of each other.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So the match is actually supposed to take place at Atlantic City, October 9th. The showboat in Atlantic City.
0: Tickets are available, uh, I believe, on Eventbrite. And you can also order the live stream... On fight TV. So don't miss that. That's gonna be uh a match to see. Just because of the the history between the two and what's kinda like at stake after having Matt Cardona, who is obviously the most hated GCW champion, um after that whole little error we had of Matt Cardona, now it's kinda like you have two people who are the epitome of GCW. For those that don't know, uh, and I don't know how you wouldn't know, we mention it like almost every show. Me and the bear man have another podcast called dark side of the podcast and where we review the episodes of dark side of the ring. And we haven't really done anything this season, but it will be coming back. I can guarantee you. Within the next week, we will have episodes out for you about this season. But there was a particular episode that recently aired that um, has caused quite a stir. Uh, and that is the Plane Ride from Hell episode. I, I really still don't know what to think of that episode and how to feel about that episode.
1: You know, I feel the same way, but I can tell you this. If my mama had not, had learned that I did something like that on a plane, <laughs> boy, would I be in trouble.
0: Now, Batman, you know me, and you know the type of person I am. You know I like to mm-hmm. party. You know I... <laughs> <laughs> Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? That, that's, just, that's just me in a nutshell. And, like, that's kind of like that lifestyle I enjoy. Um, not saying what Ric Flair did was right, and I'm no in no way defending it at all. Um, but to blame it entirely on a partying atmosphere and to kind of shun that, um, I think, is kind of bullshit. Because every man and woman or whatever you identify as, you, you're responsible for your own actions. 100%. Now, listen, I used to... I used to be a part of the rave scene right. where it was a whole heavy amount of drugs being used. I partied. Never did I once lose uh, my sense of morality. Maybe that's just me, uh, but I've never, you know, I can only speak for myself. I've never lost that sense of morality, and I've partied pretty fucking hard, you know. Um, I've d- Days straight. And I've done cocaine. I've done acid. I've <laughs> done t- a lot of ecstasy. Never once did I feel the need to show myself <laughs> to anybody unwillingly. Trust me, I've had sex. <laughs> I've had lots of sex. I've never felt the need to force myself onto anybody. So to blame it on the party, did the alcohol and maybe drugs have effect? Um, yeah. But then again, you, you, you know right from wrong. And then all the other shit was going on. Like, I didn't think cutting somebody's hair uh, it was too bad of a thing. You know, like, that's uh, that's nothing compared to fucking forcing yourself onto somebody. You know? Like, yeah, shit got out of hand. I thought it was funny. You know? Um, And I'll probably be blasted for this, for saying that, you know? Uh, But I thought, you know, it's like, oh, sh- fuck it. You know, we're going to rip him. We're, we're gonna cut, uh, Michael Hayes' hair because he's a fucking dick. He was being a dick. I, you know, it's a rib. Ribbon goes on in wrestling. You know, I've heard far worse shit happening. You, you know, uh, fucking X-Pop. They shaved his fucking eyebrows before a photo shoot. I mean, it, I think it's, it, you know, it weighs out the same there. If, 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 if we're, if we're gonna sit here and judge what, uh, right from wrong, I, I uh, and fucking what, what's, Acceptable and not acceptable when when you're partying a shit like that fucking happens, and I think everybody is just Getting a little too offended You know like are you mean to tell me that after a show if I wanted to I can't go and, and fucking party? Because just by partying I'm labeled as something that I would never do or never be
1: I mean what you do in your personal life is your business in my case look ribbing is one thing but I feel like when you take it too far like shaving somebody's eyebrow or doing that I mean I mean, come on these are grown men I mean I, I get it it's a rib like about Mr. Perfect uh, ribbing Brock Lesnar I think if I'm correct he like he put shaving cream on, bro- on, on Brock Lesnar's hand and then he like t- then like did that thing to hit him and then made Brock Lesnar like slap himself I
0: mean I've done shit like that bro I mean it's it's a uh... You got a bunch of, you know, frat house like people, you know, and hey, if that's not your stick, you know, if drinking and partying, you're sick, It ain't got to be your stick, but don't fucking sit there and try to cancel partying, man. Like that's my issue. Like I'm not saying, uh, there, there's something wrong with people fucking canceling Ric Flair and canceling Tommy Dreamer. Uh, I, I'm not saying that's wrong to do, but. The cancel partying, man. Don't don't cancel partying. Alright, hashtag don't cancel partying people. Okay, it's okay to party, have a good time, drink, smoke. Yeah. Uh um, hey, listen, if you do drugs, if you fucking dabble, dabble, you know? Have fun. Don't hurt nobody. And <laughs> have a good time. Ain't nothing wrong with fucking partying. Moving on to Tommy Dreamer. And Tommy Dreamer's kind of fucked now. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna be real. Like he's kinda of fucked. Like you know that's gonna be on TV. You know that's gonna be aired. Choose your words wisely, man. Maybe he wasn't trying to defend Ric Flair, but choose your words wisely, man. Don't, it came off as him defending Ric Flair like, oh, you know, yeah, Ric Flair wouldn't do something like that, but it's an act that's a serious accusation and it, it's gotta be looked into, you know? Um, and then there's people saying she settled, which I, my, my feeling on that is me personally, if I'm in a situation, You know, hopefully I'm never in a situation like this woman was in. But if I'm in a situation where I settle out of court. in like me personally, that's me taking it as it's over. You know, like in my heart, it's like, okay, this is what I'm settling. I'm settling with this. You know, I mean, the, the literal sense of the word settlement. You know, this is what you're settling with. This is what you're agreeing to. I'm not saying that Rick that Ric Flair did or didn't do it. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying I wasn't there. I can't say that. Maybe the point was to just out Ric Flair. You know, because that's the that's the main point that was driven. I'm not saying this woman is wrong for talking about it, but at some point, it's like you you did settle. You know, you did. I'm not saying it makes it okay, but. You know, you could have chosen to keep fighting it, you know. Maybe in her mind, it wasn't, you know, it's like if I keep fighting it, I'm just going to lose and lose and lose and lose. That's the point of a settlement, though, right? I mean, we're talking, we're not talking, we're talking legally right here. Just in a legal like that's what a settlement is. I'm not a lawyer or anything, but I mean, the literal sense of the fucking word is I'm settling with this. This is what I am agreeing to take out of this and move on.
1: I mean, as far as I know, if settlement means case closed.
0: And if you're going to point fingers at people and you're going to sit there and say, oh, Tommy Dream is wrong and Ric Flair is wrong, then everybody on that plane is wrong. Then Jr. is wrong. I mean, if, if you're going to say one person on that plane was wrong for what he did, then all of them on that plane are wrong for not stopping it, including Vince, Linda. The other staff members, the other wrestlers, the the plane staff. I mean, everyone's wrong in that situation. And I just thought it was funny. And I, I respect JR. And I know you're a fan of his. But to kind of be like, I'm sorry it happened and it shouldn't have happened, like, you could have stopped it. You mean to tell me that no nobody on that plane could have gave fucking Ric Flair an ass whooping? As much respect as you may have for that person. You wouldn't have thrown him an ass whooping. And I'm just talking real. I'm not talking wrestling or wrestler. And I'm talking just as a person. I feel there's always something you can do to stop something from happening.
1: The situation is just difficult. Vince could
0: have been like, hey, if you don't stop, you're fired. But they yeah. didn't do that. They didn't do that. Even exactly. though,
1: correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Perfect. Went on, yeah, Mr. Perfect ended up getting fired.
0: Everyone, yeah. Everyone else pretty much got got suspended, fired, fined, but who st- tried to stop it? Who at any point tried to stop it?
1: The situation is so difficult. Like like I said, I wasn't there. All I know is from dark side of the ring. So I can't point the finger at nobody. I mean, again, but the, I, I kind of see the situation look it happened it could it it could have been avoided. And I just kind of feel like, well, Maybe you should have known better. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I wasn't there. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't point the fingers.
0: That's why I love doing the podcast with you because we were we're able to speculate. And even though we weren't there, you know, um, and at the end of our episode, we you know we always relay that at some point in our episodes, we always relay that hey, we weren't there. These are just our opinion. You know, our opinions. Our opinions that, you know, we're not saying anything that we're saying is it it should be taken to the grave or it should be taken. This is just our opinion on a situation that we were not involved in. And you can hear more of our thoughts on Dark Side of the Ring when Dark Side of the podcast returns and we'll be covering the Brian Pillman episode. And the Mick Gage episode. So we'll have two episodes coming for you, and then we're gonna keep the ball rolling with it here on with, with season three, but we're gonna move on to wrestling with the bear because we've got some more news for you. My trainers, the SAT, the Maximo brothers, Joel and Jose Maximo, are returning to the ring. And I'm I'm excited because I've been waiting for them to return to the ring. I mean, I've been training with them while they're prepping for their return. And it's been amazing seeing the progress that they've made. And I'm finally happy to see them come back and take what's rightfully theirs, man. And that's their credit for what they've done in in the business. And yes, I have a bias because I am trained by them. I grew up watching them. They are two of my favorite wrestlers. I have a bias. But they started this style that we see on the indies and TV today. The Spanish Fly, you see it on every pay-per-view at least once. You see it on weekly TV, on wrestling weekly at least once. You see the Spanish Fly done. You see it done on almost every fucking indie show. They created that fucking move, and it's where's the credit? Where's the credit for the Code Red that that they came up with and and they gave to amazing Red? Where where's all the credit for? Everything they've done, creating the style that back then they were shunned for. They weren't booked for. They were told, oh, you're just spot monkeys. You're killing the business. Same shit the Young Bucks went through. They went through it first, you know, and I'm so happy they're coming back. They're looking better than ever. They've got a few new moves coming that have never been done before. So they're going to be re-innovating the fucking wrestling business. And um, there's a few matches I hope to see on their return uh one of them is the s a t versus the young bucks oh uh, holy the similarities between the s a t and the young bucks from i mean it's it's a mirror image and honestly i i want to see them go at it man um I think that match needs to happen that match needs to happen people need to remember who the fuck the Spanish announcing the SAT Los Maximo 6.4.
1: Joel and Jose Maximo are. You know, the based on the way you talk about them, it, see, it seems like these two gentlemen are, are, are pioneers in wrestling. They are.
0: They are 100% are. Uh, they've been to Japan multiple tours. They fucking named the Ring of Honor. They were fucking part of the X Division originally back when TNA had a fucking... what was in the asylum in, in Tennessee... A uh, four-sided ring, uh, bro, they were there for all of that. They were there when they switched to a six-sided ring. I mean, they've been through, they've been through it all. They've worked with fucking Big Show on SmackDown. They've worked the fucking Bastion Brothers, who were the tag team champions at the time. Fucking, they were co-signed by fucking Eddie Guerrero.
1: Really? Eddie Guerrero
0: talks about them in his book.
1: Well, Joel and Jose, you gentlemen have my respect. And you know what? Starting today, I'm going to be going on YouTube digging up uh, all the matches that you got, that's on YouTube. I'm going to start learning about you guys because you know what? Now I have something I want to learn about. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, gentlemen. And spe- and, and you mentioned this. So you want to see them go against the Young Bucks. You know what that kind of gave me? That gave me so- uh, something. If we could see them go against the Young Bucks, what if, and I mean loosely, what if we see them go against the Lucha Brothers.
0: That's that's another match that I'm um, like that would be an amazing match. There's so many, so much talent out there now that they could work with and still hang with, and maybe even blow up in the ring. Because to this day, they could be old. They could be a little bit bigger than they were back when they were fucking 19 years old, bro. They still blow me up in the ring when I go train with them, man. I mean, <laughs> and I'm I'm 31. You know, so I'm still fairly young. Uh, they blow me up, um, but they push me and I'm, I'm so happy for everything that Joel Maximo has been able to bring into my life. If it wasn't for Joel Maximo, I would not be where I am as far as wrestling and doing this podcast and knowing what I know, um, and being on the road. I would all to Joel Maximo, you know, and Franco Barca. Uh, but Joel Maximo took a kid from Brooklyn, New York uh that was headed down a wrong path and he was willing to he was willing to train me which of course that would have been easy. Yeah pay what what it was is he started seeing something in me that I to this day still don't see in myself. What he's seen in me that other students who are on fucking TV today I won't mention their names but other students who are on TV today used to go to Joel and say, why are you using Rex? Why are you using Rex? Why are you using... And, you know, so it's like he always put that trust in me and always backed me. So I'll always have 100% loyalty, man. I got his school tattooed on me, bro. I mean, <laughs> Lutus, oh L's up. Fucking Joel Maximo is a misunderstood, creative fucking genius, man. And you see that in the ring. And if you sit down and ever have a conversation about pro wrestling with this man, you'll, you'll see. It. I'm going to have them on the show. Uh, eventually I'll have them on the show. Oh, okay.
1: But, oh, so, okay. Now I'm, okay. Now I'm excited. <laughs> um, I've actually
0: been talking to them about it for months. We're just trying to find the right time, you know,
1: and I could, I could learn from these guys too.
0: But if you sit there and, and talk pro wrestling with Joel Maximo, you see it in his eyes. You see it. He gets so into it and you could see the love spilling out of him uh this turned into a love story the sat but i don't give a fuck this is wrestling with a bear we're gonna keep it real and again they return to the ring on december 3rd for etu wrestling tickets are available at etu1.eventbrite.com uh, I'll be there live 100%. I am definitely going to be there live in attendance. Back in my boys, man.
1: I just want these gentlemen. I want to get my assurance. I'm going to start learning about these guys. I'm going to start watching the matches. going to do the research. Man, these guys truly are pioneers.
0: And it's funny that you mentioned starting to watch. Because I started watching the Stars Heels series. I'm, I'm only like three episodes. I've only watched three episodes. I'm loving the show though. Overall, I'm loving the show. I'm loving the story. Um, I see a lot of myself in Ace. I don't know if you've checked it out, Bear Man, or if anyone, any of our listeners have seen it yet, but please go out your way and, and start watching Star's Heels. Uh, it stars Steve Amel, who used to play Green Arrow on the CW network. So it's, it's a, it's a nice little portrayal of wrestling, like a wrestling story, but not for your average wrestling fan, you know, like it, it appeals to the regular family, you know, and that's what I do. That's what I love about the show is it's finding a way to appeal pro wrestling to people who wouldn't normally watch professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, James Harrison, a former Pittsburgh Steeler uh, stars in the show. I believe he uh, plays a wrestler called Apocalypse yeah, and CM Punk uh, is in it too. Uh, he portrays a character, Ricky Rabies.
0: Ricky Rabies, yeah, I actually seen the episode where uh, Ricky Rabies came in. I loved it. I loved the way he played the character, the old school, uh, the old school wrestler veteran. Um, and how he's got this chick on the road with him. And like, you think it's his wife and everything. And at the end of the, end of the episode, he goes, come on. Uh, I forgot his wife's name. And he goes, my wife wants me home by, by in the morning. And it's like, oh, shit, that wasn't that's not his wife that he brought on the road with his kid? <laughs> and it's like that old-school wrestler, like the stories you hear about old-school wrestling. I love CM Punk's character. Uh, I want to see more of it. I think he will have a recurring role, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Well, Chris, I've actually got a little uh, talking point I think we should talk about, because I think this is something you'd be interested in. Apparently, Shane McMahon... Owns a cannabis shop in California, and do you want to take a wild guess of who actually revealed that? Well, as you tell me. Well, certainly it would be none other than Charles Wright, or as we like to call him, the Godfather. Pimpin' it easy.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> All right, um, that makes sense. The Godfather's the one who, uh, I guess, posted about him. He posted it on social media.
1: Well, I'm not sure if he posts on social media. I just know that wrestlingnews.com earlier this month about a uh, back in September 19th actually uh, this this story came out. And of course, it, it mentions you know that you know how Vince McMahon's stance on marijuana. How wrestlers are fined $2,500 for each test that they fail that they test positive for it. So, but this tells me so. It's funny. It's like we now we see Vince's stance, and then and it seems like Shane McMahon is completely different. But then again, that's an example of a son thinks differently than the father.
0: Yeah, and you know I'm all for the uh the cannabis industry. Um I am a weed smoker. I mean I started this show smoking a joint. Um <laughs> I'd like to check out his shop sometime. Maybe next time I go out to California, I'll go out there, man. Fuck yeah. Have hats off to Shane McMahon, getting into the cannabis industry.
1: Well, you know, Shane McMahon's a businessman, owns several businesses.
0: As you know, Bearman, we are a sponsor of Generation Championship Wrestling down in Tampa, Florida. And they are returning in January, on January 22nd, live at the Egypt Shrine Center in Tampa, Florida. They are returning with the second Diamond Cup, the 2022 Diamond Cup, which is going to be headlined by the current Diamond Division champion, Queen Aminata
1: versus Sky Blue. Queen Aminata and Sky Blue are certainly two of the big stars in the uh, women's division of GCW. And when I saw them wrestle when, I was, uh, th- when we were there, I mean, man, that is, that's wrestling right there. That's pro wrestling that I really like to see. I mean, the content and the wrestling that GCW produces, I enjoy it. I really do.
0: Let me tell you, Sky Blue and Queen Aminata are no strangers to each other. Uh, they previously wrestled in which Queen Aminata was victorious. And retained her championship but they have been two staple points of the diamond division and they've been featured on aew nwa like we've said previously sky blue has been making a name for herself queen aminata has been traveling all over and we can really thank gcw for kind of putting them on the spot not saying that gcw deserved the credit for them but that they kind of help put this spotlight on them and get them out there a little bit to more eyes. But not only are they the two stable points, but the Black Diamond, Robin Reed, is the booker of the Diamond Division. And she's been doing a phenomenal job with these ladies Mm -hmm. and booking the upcoming Diamond Cup tournament. Not only does the winner of this year's Diamond Cup get her a shot at the Diamond Division Championship, but... This year, the stakes are higher. This year, they're adding the Generation Medallion, which means the winner will get the Diamond Cup, a shot at the Diamond Division Championship, and a shot at any championship in Generation Championship Wrestling. And that includes the GCW Heavyweight title? That includes every championship in GCW, any division. She can even go for the tag team belts.
1: In that case, Stunt Marshall better watch out.
0: The entrants announced for this year's Diamond Cup tournament so far are Laney Luck, Billy Starks, Jordan Blade, Heather Monroe, Killer Kate, and Killer Kelly. And also announced in non-tournament action, Kelsey Reagan and Maserati. GCW has been teasing some pretty huge news regarding a new talent signing to the Diamond Division that will not only be making her GCW debut at the Diamond Cup, but her return to the professional wrestling ring. That's all that we know so far about this new talent signing, but apparently they will be announcing the talent soon, and it's sure to make headlines and definitely break new grounds for the Diamond Division.
1: Mr. Rex, sir, I am ever so excited, my friend.
0: Oh, if you're excited, the news gets better, Bear Man. Oh, boy. Because the Diamond Cup will be GCW's first live pay-per-view on titlematchnetwork.com. All right? And not only that, we are producing that pay-per-view. Oh, wow. Oh,
1: boy. There we go, baby. Yes.
0: Yes. I kind of teased it, you know, uh, about uh, three or four weeks ago. I teased it. We will be producing Generation Championship Wrestling's first live pay-per-view, the 2022 Diamond Cup Live We're on Title Match Wrestling.com. I will be there live, producing it live. We'll be doing things like a, a pre-show. We'll There's going to be a whole bunch of... uh content coming out for that week and that weekend uh we're gonna be pretty busy that week i'm excited for this wrestling would have been producing its first pay-per-view what do you think about that bear man
1: i'm just so grateful because you know it's it's the honor to work with you with mr gomez you know with gcw i mean for me this is all about learning and doing something new and i'm grateful i am blessed brother so this is awesome
0: and I appreciate GCW for allowing us this opportunity to take this huge step and produce uh, a live pay-per-view, a live stream uh, from going from just a wrestler and a sports journalist who wanted to do a podcast on an awesome TV series to doing a podcast about professional wrestling to now now we have merchandise we have our own website you have the blog up which has been doing great numbers and now we're going to be producing pay-per-views and this isn't the only pay-per-view this isn't going to be the only we, we we have a few ideas in, in mind and uh, i'm just so excited for everything that's going to be coming in the new year uh we agreed before the recording of this episode that we are going to be switching to a new platform though we will announce that when the time comes But it will be by the new year, we will be on a new platform, giving us a little bit more control over our our product and what we put out and um, being able to get to more listeners because right now we're over, what, 25,000 downloads now?
1: Oh, if I'm correct, I think we just hit the 29,000 milestone.
0: 29,000 downloads. And in less than a year, we're still less than a year into this, bro. Oh, yes. Oh, man, it, it, it's been an amazing ride, and the rides, just, it's a roller coaster. It's, it keeps going up and down, up and down, up and down. Bro, if you can't tell by my voice, I'm just excited for the future of wrestling with a bear. And if you are interested in buying all merchandise, Bear Man, tell them where they could cop it.
1: If you would like to buy Wrestling with a Bear merchandise, go on Whatamaneuver.com. That is Whatamaneuver.com.
0: Yes, we have currently two shirts out. Uh, they've been out for a little while. It is the Lucha Bear logo. I, I love that shirt.
1: My mom loves it. My mom has one.
0: Of course, your shirt, the Bear Man of Texas, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's how you tell it on this podcast. That's how you tell it on your other podcast, which I want you to plug right now.
1: Well, I got Cowboys Talk, for if there's any Cowboy fans. But most importantly, if you like listening to the Cowboys being buried, well, my show is the show for you. If you love soccer, well, by God, into the Net FC, the Soccer Talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast, well, that's definitely the show for you. And if you love video games religiously, Rage Quit, the video games discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast, you can find all those shows on all streaming platforms. So go ahead. What are you waiting for? Subscribe.
0: I want you guys to listen because most wrestling fans are also sports fans. So uh, if you're into soccer, if you're into football, if you're into gaming, Bear Man has it all for you. Go on your social media platforms right now and follow us at Rest With A Bear. That's W R E S W I T H A Bear. That's on Facebook and that's on Twitter. You'll find our episode, you'll find our daily content, which Bear Man has been posting a lot lately, and keeping that and keeping the website up at wrestlingwiththebear.com. Again, you can buy our merchandise at what a maneuver. And uh yeah, subscribe to all the Bearman shows. Look out for the GCW pay-per-view 2022 Diamond Cup live on TitlematchNetwork.com. On behalf of Bearman and myself. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for supporting our show and supporting pro wrestling. As always, be excellent to each other and party on.
1: Stay safe, everybody. We'll see y'all next time.